0: Welcome to the Platform Podcast. My name is Amrit Rai, Director and Head Recruiter of Platform Sports Management. We help athletes secure sports scholarships within the American college system. On this show, we are talking with Jamie Stopnitsky, who is one of the best basketball college recruiters in the United States and is now working with our basketball placement team. On this show, we are going to talk about life as a basketball athlete and what makes athletes stand out on the college recruitment radar. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to The Platform Podcast. We have a very special person with us today. He has placed over 250 athletes in the basketball college system. He is our partner. He is our good friend. Welcome, Jamie. How are you going?
1: I'm um, Reed, Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Appreciate it.
0: No problem. Hey, thank you so much for for taking time out of your day to speak with us. This this talk is really going to benefit a lot of prospective student athletes that want to go and play basketball in America. So thank you. So Jamie, tell us your story. Where did you go into college in America? When did you start playing basketball?
1: So I grew up. I'm reading uh, Southern California. Started playing when I was uh, entering about fifth grade, fourth grade. Been playing my whole life, and I was lucky enough to, to go on to play college up at Chico State. It's a Division two up in California, northern of Sacramento, and uh, redshirted my first year there and, and played two more. Had a, had a high school experience kind of growing up and jumped right into the college side of it and was blessed that, that when that got done too, uh, jumped right into coaching and got right back involved in the game as well.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. So, so now you're based in California
1: and you are working at an academy called Open Gym. What's that about? Yeah, so uh, the name's Open Gym Premier, and it's uh, it's actually one of the one of the bigger infrastructures in in all the grassroots basketball nationwide. So powerhouse down here in Southern California, we got you know eighteen high school teams and thirty five youth teams. So, wow, it's operation um, headquarters based in Anaheim, multiple locations from Thousand Oaks to to South Orange County and Irvine as well. So, um, I run the the director of college recruiting. Out of Open Gym Premiere. Awesome, and so you—you you must have a lot
0: of showcases and a lot of college coaches coming there, um, you know, like viewing some athletes, etc. So, how was that? How was it? How was it networking every day with college coaches in America?
1: Yeah, you know, we're we're blessed to have such a platform down here. You know, our our, our competitive club teams play in the highest stages, and and some of those tournaments get get forty to fifty college coaches on the baseline and. 200 plus just entering the the gym per that Saturday. So platform like that, you know, the, the trainers i work with and my colleagues and stuff have NBA guys coming in from, from Kobe Bryant to James Harden to Russell Westbrook. It's again, a serious infrastructure with, with resources that I'm able to make available to my clients, which, which makes it a great match for me and and what I do and what we do. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And I
0: mean, I guess there's no better feeling than helping athletes. I mean, you know, with me working in outside with college recruitment in New Zealand and helping athletes, you know, that's an amazing experience. But, you know, getting these big-time colleges walking in, sitting on the sidelines and watching your athletes, you know, that must be absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, you uh, you nailed it on the head, Amri. You know, it's kind of it's kind of what we do and why we do it. But when I'm sitting there coaching, or even one of my assistants is coaching, I get to say, you know, you got 12 Division One coaches on the baseline, right? There. Yeah. <laughs> and we can we can fire up the team with you know direct opportunity, real realistically sitting right on the baseline there. So you know, not just oh, absolutely, the out, but the the platform to play in those games and tournaments is, is advantageous for sure.
0: Oh yeah. And everyone listening to this podcast, you need to check out their Instagram. It's fantastic. The hype video, you see the college coaches sitting there. It is absolutely awesome. So Jamie, you spend spent a lot of time talking with college coaches at your facility. Now, do you go out to universities and do you know these college coaches personally?
1: So I do, Omri. You know, uh, part of what I do in my operation is, is full autonomy. So well, what i pride myself in and my team is, is constant communication with these college coaches by email text and phone you know throughout our day and then that's all the time not just when the kids are playing but this is what i do for my 9 to 5 so when i wake up you know 801 on a monday uh, i'm in communication with college coaches and parents and, and nothing else so to answer your original question of do i go out on the road um, i do And I've done great trips like I've been to Colorado, been to, you know, Denver University with Rodney Billups, head coach, Division One, to Metropolitan State and and Colorado Boulder. And you can kind of hit three or four to five universities in one trip. I did the same trip in in California from UC Santa Cruz to Sacramento State Division One. And it's great to get get in their gym and, you know, they hand me a practice plan like I'm on staff and a kickback and um, you, you can never stop learning in an environment like that.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: For sure. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, there's a lot of athletes, um, Jamie, that, you know, here in New Zealand and also in Australia, they want to go big time. They want to go division one. However, when I asked them, you know, why don't you want to go like division two? Because like that, that, when they say division one, they mean like a mid-major or a lower end division one You know, to get one of those top division one schools is very tough to do. Sure. Um, so, you know, how do you? How do you? How can you advise these kids on what college they should be looking at? What are the fundamental things that you think make the best
1: college fit for them? That's a that's a great question, Amri. Um, you know, what I like to say are that there are a lot of variables in making such a decision. So when you're weighing out the variables, is you got to make sure that the green checks are outweighing the red checks. So for some families, if it's financial, then you know, the, the package and financially is more important than the status of, of the division, right? So I advise the families in that category, which is NEIA, Division Two, Division One. Uh, the money's all the same color, right? So, so depending on that family, if it's about a financial situation, I, I wouldn't worry about the status of the school or what the kid gets to put on his Twitter, but I would be more concerned about the real financial package coming their way. For the other families that are looking for the best opportunity and advice, there, my first thing would be to to keep those grades up. You know, if if you have a 3.8 and you do something like I do, well, well, we can keep more doors open than if you have a 2.8. In, in simplest terms, sure. so sure. Um, with the SAT and the ACT, I recommend a tutor and and, a, and an advisor as early as they could in their in their high school career. So. You know that's that's kind of what we do as we handhold through the process and serve as a you know kind of an, an expert through the navigation of the NCAA and uh, make sure that the grades are aligned and et cetera et cetera. You want to, you want to be applying to the correct schools, not one too you know over your head or even underwhelming et cetera. So a lot of variables right. to making such a decision, but um, expertise is is very important and highly recommend getting someone involved who's a good person and and can help you.
0: Fantastic. That's great advice. And like, as someone that has spent a lot of time on the road visiting these colleges in America, there's a lot of kids back on my side of the world that don't know what college life is like, or even what a day in college life is like. Hmm. Can you share some insight into that? Like, what is a general day for a basketball athlete in an American college?
1: Sure, sure. Great question. Uh, you know the all depends on on the season and where you are but if we're you know let's just go my freshman year and fall and i had class 8 to 12 and it was four classes you know 8 to 9 9 to 10 10 to 11 11 to 12 basketball was at one o'clock and we had basketball one to four we went home we ate and then we had weightlifting about seven to ten um again based on the timetable the calendar you have conditioning you have games you have you know scrimmages you have film rooms so it's quite a bit that goes into again depending on the level you're at the amount of commitment to the team in your day but you know a standard average 24 hours for a student athlete consists of a a whole lot of you know classwork and a whole lot of work in the sport that you're you're good at so um i want people to be focused on you know social life basketball and classroom pick two right yeah for sure
0: for sure that's amazing. That, that's a that's really good insight. And, and you painted a really good picture there. What do college coaches look for when they look for athletes? Like, do they look for athletes? Uh, do they look for the athletic? Do they look for, like, how high they can jump? Do they
1: look for people with good grades? What do they look for? What's, what makes an athlete stand out on paper? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, um, I think on paper, you know, the the obvious ones, of course, the, the two big scores, which are your GPA and then your, your test score. So really, I think we get caught away with with how many accolades. And, and if you're a determined athlete and, and good enough, really, it's going to be your GPA and, and your test score on the field and on the court and on the on the swim pool or tennis court, whatever it be. Um, as a coach myself, a big thing that I can recommend to all athletes is, is body language. I, I know. Very talented players who have all the grades and everything we can sit and talk about on paper on a podcast, who a coach can watch him on one of those big stages I referred to earlier in our conversation. And the way he gets subbed out of a game, just in my game, the way he gets subbed out of a game can damage his recruiting forever. And so, so – language is, is two words down here that in the competitive side of basketball is a big one for coaches. If you're walking around like I say pouting like your dog died yesterday. It's not something that somebody wants to bring into their program yet alone their locker room.
0: Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you. And you know you, you made you made a really good comment there when when coaches they want to see positive attitude and especially for international athletes that don't have the luxury of competing in front of these coaches mm. um, in this under the same shed. Uh, you know they, they do stuff on video. so when athletes film themselves and college coaches want to watch full matches and you know put them on the monitor and analyze their performance, what what is some good advice you can give to athletes that they should be doing in their
1: video? highlights or even a full match? What should athletes be showing? Another great question. I mean, I would touch more into what I just said of, of the body language of what not to show, really the opposite of that, right? A good teammate, energetic, quality shots, you know, good decision-making, those kind of things. I think that the intangible word is the word we're looking for here and all all that, all that right. intangible stuff in sports is, is really why when they ask for a full game, they're not doing anything else besides watching every intangible piece of, of that athlete and, and mostly looking for the bad stuff, not the good. So so the the good, just like the grades, that's just going to help us, right? If, if the grades are poor, it's, it's going to make things a whole lot harder the same way the attitude would.
0: Yeah, I guess like when we work with coaches, you know, like obviously coaches that we work with, they trust us. So whenever they open email from yourself, etc., cetera, they know that this athlete's good. They just want to see if they're going to be the right fit, the right character. Yes, sir. So I completely agree with what you just said. And, you know, to, to close off this talk with you, Jamie, what is some good advice? You've shared some really good advice for athletes. But let's say there's a 13 or 14-year-old athlete listening to this podcast and they want to go to America on a basketball scholarship eventually – When should they start the process? What should they be doing? Should the parents be videoing all their games? When do you reckon they should be sitting in SAT and get all this stuff together to send to the coaches?
1: What can you comment on that? Yes, it's a a loaded question on me. So, kind of tackling it in in a couple parts there. If I'm talking to a 14 14 year old, you know, wanting to come play the game of basketball here in the States, first things first, I'd I'd make sure he was, was focused in the classroom. Is before he starts his, his four year academic high school career. I want to make sure that all his grades are A's and, and he's equipped in the classroom and ready to take that on. From the SAT standpoint, I think uh, beginning of sophomore year, beginning of your second year is, is when I would like to get that to tu- like to get that tutor involved. And then in light of Film, you know, film's a tricky one because if we're talking to college coaches, let's say high major division one, pack 12, no video of, of kids at 14 years old, even 15 years old is going to get them that uh-huh. scholarship, right? <laughs> so, so we want to film them in their strongest state. Um, the best advice I have to an aspiring athlete who's young, especially one in the basketball, I'd, I, I'd have them have a real good look internally, ask themselves what position they want to play. Then say what level they want to go to, and then ask them if they can guard, meaning defensively, that position at that level. So, so if you yeah. want to be a twelve, we want to be a Pac-12 point guard. Then I need you to be a, at the middle of poly Pavilion, standing in front of Wester Westbrook, Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Darren Collison, and guarding a Pac-12 point guard, right? So, so if you want to be a, a Division One big man, can you stand on the block and and guard what Division One seven foot big men look like, right? So can you guard your position at the level you think you aspire to go to? That's that's my my advice to the athlete. To the parents, keep your kids focused in the classroom. The the stronger they are, always the better, because cause they can guard their position right to that line. And and lastly, not to have a shameless plug or anything like that, but I have a career for a reason. And and people like you and me on who can have a service that, that isn't uh, you know, a, a nine to five. And it really is a, uh, you know, for me, I have my, my clients in my living room and my fiance, yeah. their names uh, until we get it done. So it's, it's something that I'm invested in. It's real. And without expertise and help like yourself or my own, it's easy to fall through the cracks and it's hard to, to get your hands on something that's so, you know, uh, difficult and to, to attain. So, I do think it's oh, okay. necessary, and, and I know you do a great job the same way my people do out here in Southern California, and I think that help is, is key to, to getting it done, and the 250 kids placed in the in the last 3 or 40 years of college here uh, can speak so for my resume itself. So
0: Yeah, absolutely, Jamie. Yeah. Like, so, I'm so glad that we have you on this talk today. There's so many assets going to take so much value out of this. And before we go, I've ha- I just thought of one thing that I want to run past you Quite often, you know, when you're talking to college coaches, when they they, the first thing that they say is, "What is this athlete's budget? What can you send a message to parents about in regards to that?" Because a lot of parents get turned off by wanting to spend too much money, etc., like that. Um, Can you shine some light on um, the budget side of things and the budget question when talking to college coaches? Yeah, that that may
1: be the the most loaded question of the night on me, (laughs) because. Cause, well, just because of how the coaches maneuver, you know. Um, I always use the line where you know, if, if your son was LeBron James, I think the school would all of a sudden have enough money, right? So the the best advice I can give is to make sure you understand what's truly being offered. Because for me, I have a problem with, with the word interest. And there's a lot of interest in, in our game. They call it smoke. There's a lot of smoke in the game and it's just a bit dishonest. So for me, if you're if you're taking a flight and paying for your hotel to to go to a Division 3 Sarah Lawrence to visit their school, that's not an official visit. That's you paying to come see their school, right? So so right. there there's a lot of fine details. Um if they're paying to get you out there and they're staying you know you're not paying for anything and they want you to come see that means that means they really want you and that's an official visit from a scholarship standpoint. Um, Division threes don't have scholarships. They don't give out the sports scholarships. There's plenty of ways to receive academic money, and that's where my my GPA and test scores are so important because, you know, schools like University of New England can can shave 25k off a salary right out the gate if the grades are qualifying and et cetera, et cetera. So. I think parents and families don't know much about the financial process and sometimes act accordingly while not knowing another reason why, why you're my, you know, assistance is so mandatory, but uh, from a, 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 just straight by the book, no sports scholarships in division three, you know, division one, division two and NAIA. Um, and all scholarships are not going to be a, this is the best term I got. They're not going to be a 1.0. So if LeBron James went to their school or Zion Williamson, I promise you he got a 1.0. Your kid may be good enough for, let's call it a 0.6 scholarship, but the family may have to finish the difference and pay that 0.4, if that makes sense. And that's actually a college coach's dialogue. There's a little coaches speak there and a little insight for you on on this podcast. That's uh, a, do you think he's a 1.0? You know, to be honest, his grades will get him to a 0.7, but uh, I don't think he's worth a 1.0, no. So that's actually how we communicate amongst each other. That's great, man. That's
0: some really good inside information. Uh, especially like the college coaches chat and yep. the, the dialogue that they have with someone like yourself. That's amazing. And look, man, thank you so much. It must be really late in California right now. I'm keeping yeah, so about, like about
1: ten o'clock is all right, though. I'm ha- happy to be here. Really, really grateful you guys have me. So, so, so thanks for the invite. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you got some valuable information out of today's talk with Jamie Stopnitsky. If you want to learn more about the college system, check out some more podcasts on our iTunes and Spotify channel. If you want to get in touch with us, visit our website at www.platformsportsmanagement.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.